Church family, can I extend a good morning to you? I know that was a powerful little video, and it probably brought about some emotion as we watched and we considered yet again the, the day in which we're living, a day truly that, that is filled with uncertainty and maybe for, for some of us today, even fear. I don't know about you, but I was thinking this last week as we hit about one month of being in this pandemic that the situation that we're living in right now reminds me a little bit about, uh, of the time following 9-11. There was uncertainty at that time. If you recall, the, there, was, there were a lot of questions being raised about the terrorist attack and you know, whether we could uh, expect another one or where the attacks originated from or when life would get back to normal again. And now we see this last week churches, even on Easter Sunday, empty. We've seen school buildings now for about a month, empty. Uh, we, we see baseball fields, and, and unfortunately they too, empty. And so we, we look around and we know certainly the world has changed and we're living in unprecedented times. And so as followers of Christ, we, we, we live and we live by faith and we, we look uh, at, the, at the environment in which we are living in accurately and yet we want to look at it through the eyes of faith. And so this morning we're going to look at some passages of Scripture from God's Word that I think will bring encouragement to us as we, as we walk through this time of uncertainty. Even as I know you're sitting at home today and you're, you're probably wondering, when will this be over? When will we be back in church again? When will life resume to normal with, with work and school and events and so forth? And we have a lot of questions, and sometimes these questions can lead to anxiety, or the anxiety can, can lead even to fear. You see, the little video we just watched, it asked a question. It said, it asked, what are we feeding? What, are, are we feeding fear or are we feeding faith? And I think right now that's a good question for us to consider. Take a minute, if you will, and, and look at this little meter we put together. It's like a gauge with a needle on it. And on one side you see, you see the word fear, and on the other side you see the word faith. And I want you to look at that, and I want to ask you, where today would you draw the line? Where is that needle for you? And, and maybe I would also ask this question, has that needle moved some over the last month? Some of you would say, yes, this, this needle has uh, certainly moved towards the fear side. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm looking at the world around me, and, and I'm, I'm anxious, and I'm fearful. And I want to tell you, it's okay. It's okay to have those emotions. It's okay to have those feelings. And I think that today as we open up God's Word, that this is a message that may help you. Help you to, to look at faith and to see how we can together have a faith that's greater than fear. But I know for some of you, you may, you may look at that meter and say, well, really, I, I think my faith has been strengthened over the last month. Or, or my, my faith and fear really hasn't changed. And I would say, for you, I, I believe this message may also be an encouragement. Because for you, it may be that, that you're living in a time and in an opportunity right now to, to come alongside others, to provide encouragement and help and assistance. Maybe even some of the content that we will be looking at today from God's Word is something that you can share with a friend with someone that you know that is struggling right now with fear. So I hope today as we, as we open up God's Word, we see that, that there is 
a, a timely topic here that is indeed addressed by the Word of God. Let us look at this life of faith. And let us see it not just as a call to to survive the the last 30 days or the next 30 days, but but let us see that that this call to faith is more than that. It's a a call to, to, to be living what God has intended for us right now, to seize this as an opportunity to point people to Christ, to be that city on a hill, to be people that that have words of of truth and words of grace and comfort readily available to share with others. Maybe we can share the principles that we'll be looking at this morning. And and you might be saying, well, I've only got a few people around me. I'm I'm stuck at home. I would say to you that I, I know that there are other ways that you have influence. Maybe you could even Scroll back and think through some of your social media posts or, or connect out with some of your friends on Facebook. And you can read and see what they're going through and how they're dealing with this. And you can offer words of encouragement, words of hope, words of faith. Now some, I know, might be asking the question. You looked at that meter and said, now wait a minute, isn't, isn't fear sometimes a, a legitimate response when we see danger around us? And, and I, would, I would agree that that's a, that's a good point. Uh, sometimes there is a sense of fear that can help to keep us safe. And so I, I realize that, that that is true from, from that perspective, such a thing as, as healthy fear. You know, that's the reason we have two cats in our home and not two king cobras. I, I don't know that I would sleep a wink at night if we had two king cobras slithering around our home. So, yes, we have a healthy fear at times that is there to protect us. In fact, as we look at the Bible, there's this idea that there is a type of fear towards God. It can best be understood as, 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 as being uh, reverent and having awe towards Him. So there is this idea of, of fearing God. There's, there's also the idea of, of fearing the wrath of God and eternal judgment if someone is not covered under the salvation offered by Jesus Christ. So I know that there's different types of fear and, and ways in which we can interact with it. But, but today, I want us to think uh, clearly about the fear that paralyzes. It's the fear that, that asks what might happen or what might not happen. It's the fear of the unknown, the fear of future. You may remember the uh, advice columnist, columnist Ann Landers. And uh, I read that, that she received more uh, questions uh, on advice than, than anyone else ever has. And that uh, she received at, at the time in which she uh, was writing as, as many as 10,000 questions a month. And do you know what? The number one topic was that she heard, from, heard about from people. It was fear. Lots of questions about fear. And in fact, we know that there are many different things that people are afraid of. I came across a chart uh, just this last week, and, and uh, it, it put out uh, uh, the results of what people are most afraid of. And uh, to no surprise, some that, that came up, the fear of public speaking, the fear of heights, the fear of flying. But if you look down the list, you'll, you'll notice one that, that I thought was a bit of a surprise. The, the list actually contains the fear of clowns. And I thought, really? Clowns? Because 
When I grew up, I, I remember going to the circus and seeing clowns or seeing Bozo the Clown or Ronald McDonald. He's a clown, but for some reason today there's, there's another type of clown, I suppose, that people are afraid of. So anyway, we know that there's all kinds of phobias and fears. But today, we're specifically going to think about the fear that may try to paralyze us as we look at the world around us. Here's the main idea. Today, we will see how faith in the Lord makes a difference when we face the fears of this world. We're going to connect the faith that we have in Him to those fears that may seek to come upon us. We're going to look at three passages of Scripture today. And as we look at these passages, we will develop a list of what I've called faith promises. So I, I hope you've pulled up the sermon notes, or that you will, uh, and that you'll be able to keep these principles close at hand during the time of global crisis. What faith promises can you and I cling to in a time of fear? Or maybe you could ask it this way. When fear arises, what faith promises do I need to remember? What do I need to recall from God's Word that will give me faith over fear? You see, over 100 times, the little phrase, do not fear or fear not, occurs in Scripture. 100 times. So I ask you, why, why would this phrase be repeated so frequently? It's as if God wanted there to be a continual reminder not to fear. Because the human heart, the human mind has a, a tendency to be afraid at the situations around us. And the Lord knew that. And by His grace and with a loving heart, He, he, he comes alongside and encourages us not to live in fear. And so we're going to begin today in, uh, in Isaiah chapter 41. And we're going to see that little phrase, do not fear. This is one of the, the places where it's found. And, and I pray that, that as we look at these verses today, that they will be a reminder. And maybe even some who are watching today need this reminder to not fear. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. It says, do not fear. For I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. What a tremendous verse of Scripture given through God's prophet Isaiah to God's people to encourage them not to be afraid. And today we are God's people. And we can hear these words. We can hold on to the words that are given. As you look at Isaiah 41.10, do you see the connection here between faith and fear? You see, as we, as we look at the verse, we, we see something very important. It says, I am with you. And oh, the difference it makes when someone understands that the presence of God is with them. I am with you. But also we see here the, the character of God. And this also is essential for us to understand that, yes, God is with us, but how do we describe, how do we understand this God who is so near? Well, if you look at Isaiah 41.10, and you look through this, you will see that, that there are some descriptions of the difference that it makes when God is with us. And I want 
you, wherever you are right now, if you're in your home, you've got others with you, or if you're by yourself, take a moment. Let's just take 60 seconds and and look at Isaiah 41.10, and I want you to write down some faith promises that just flow right out of this verse, and then we'll pick back up in a minute. Okay, so this verse is filled with descriptions, isn't it? Let's look at it again. Isaiah 41.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Maybe the list that you made is similar to the one that I put together. It just comes right out of this verse. Four faith promises of Isaiah 41. The first one is this, I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you. So maybe your list is is very similar, but, but see these faith promises. Look at them and see how they relate to the character and the nature of God. And see that it's based on the fact that He is our God. Do you notice that? It says, I am your God, a very personal word that is used there. And that, that really makes all the difference. Can I ask you if He is your God? Is He your Lord? Is He your Savior? That's the, the personal relationship that we have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And, and maybe for some of us, this is a new understanding. And I invite you today, come to Christ. Draw near to Him. Reach out to Him as your Lord, as your Savior. That's that's the first step of faith. That's where it all begins. The exciting journey with the Lord. Well, look back at Isaiah 41.10 and you'll notice that there is one statement that's made twice. This idea to do not fear, do not be afraid. So that's certainly the theme that's undergirding the promises here. Now, if... If God is not your God, or if God is not who He claims to be, then by all means, there's reason for fear. However, if God is who He says He is, and He is your God, there is no reason for fear. This is the point of Isaiah 41.10, to have a belief in Him, a faith that triumphs over fear. That's why we spent so much time Over the last number of weeks, looking at Hebrews chapter 11, the great hall of faith, these heroes of the faith that we could look to and see that, yes, as regular humans who had flaws and and frailties, 
they demonstrated a faith. And when we learn from them, we look to their example. We saw last week the, the ultimate example of faith in, in Jesus Christ. Next week, Lord willing, we're going to begin a brand new series. and We'll be looking at the Sermon on the Mount, looking at, at what a, a life of faith looks like on a very practical level and listening straight from the, the, the teaching of Jesus Christ on, on what it looks like to live as a disciple in His kingdom. So I encourage you, take some time this week. Read Matthew chapters 5 through 7, and we'll be walking through that in the coming weeks. Well, here in Isaiah, we've noted four promises that call us to have faith over fear. Let's look at another passage. This one is in the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 62. And uh, we'll look at just a few verses. This is one of those chapters I would recommend just, just writing it on the cover in the back of your Bible. And in a time of distress, or if you're looking for a word that you could read to someone who, who needs encouragement, Psalm 62 could certainly be one of those chapters. Well, we're going to look at just a few of the verses. Let's uh, look down at verse 8. It says this, Psalm 62, 8, Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before Him. God is our refuge. Now, as we read just that one verse, and you see the, the notes that we've listed there, I've, I've, I've called these faith responses because it's as if the, the author is, is of this psalm is writing in such a way to, to people of faith of, of how they can respond to God. And I've, I've listed a couple of them there in your notes. The first one is this, trust in Him. It's the first three, three uh, words there in verse 8, trust in Him. But notice when we are to trust in Him. Do you see the next words there? It says, at all times. Maybe, maybe it would be a good idea just to underline the word all. It, it doesn't say, trust the Lord at times. It says, trust the Lord all, at all times. Even in times of crisis. Even in times of distress. Even in times when, when we don't have all of the answers of, of what is happening. At all times, all times we are to trust in Him. Secondly, it says to pour out your hearts. That's the second faith response. And that phrase there is just speaking about that which is at the innermost part of our being. Those, those thoughts, those insecurities, those fears, those questions that are deep down inside. That, that they're within our heart. And, and the, the admonition here is to, to bring them forth, to pour them out before the Lord. Let Him hear what it is that's in there. Let us express these to Him in prayer. Let us express them in light of, of the Word that He's given to us so that we can bring them before Him. Pour out your hearts. And number three, the last one there, the last faith response is to take refuge in Him. And you might, you might be asking, well, what, what exactly is a refuge? And you could think of it as a place of protection. Maybe that's physical. Maybe that's emotional. Maybe that's spiritual. God is able. He is that refuge. He gives that protection in our time of need. Now, we could certainly spend a lot of time here. In fact, we could have spent all of our time in Psalm 62. But let's jump down. There's a couple of other verses that I want us to read. Let's look at verse 11. Go down to the middle of verse 12. It says this, 
God has spoken once, I have heard this twice. Strength belongs to God, and faithful love belongs to you, Lord. Very powerful, powerful passage here. And as we, as, we, as we look at that, there's really two more, two more faith promises that, that, uh, that come to light very quickly. Uh, this first one is that God is strong, and the other one is that God is loving. You, you could even say that, that God is faithful, that, that faithful love that's mentioned there, that covenant love is, 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 is one word, one idea. God is strong, and God is committed in His love. God is strong. God is loving. These two promises are important. And you'll notice in your outline there that that there's a reflection question. What would we have in God if one of these promises were not true? What if God were loving but not strong? It would be like He's a God that would love to help us, would really, really like to, but just isn't able. Or, or what if he were strong but not loving? Then, then what would we have? You have a God who has all the, the power and the might, but maybe no inclination at all to come to one's aid or rescue. But yet here in Psalm 62, we get the full understanding, don't we? We get this idea that, that God is both strong and loving. Again, the character of God described within the context of a time when the author of this chapter was living in light of the circumstances around him which were bringing fear. So, let me just pause for a minute and just ask you, do do you see what we're doing today? Do you see what we're doing here by, by looking to God's truth? Yes, in full awareness of the situation that's around us, but also digging into God's Word and seeing how do the principles here, how does the truth here, right here in these pages, how does it speak to the situation that we are walking through today? When we identify these promises and these principles, you know what they do? They shape our thinking, and from there it shapes our response. And that's... That's when we can see that faith is triumphing over fear. Let's keep reading. We're going to look at one final passage today. And uh, this is a New Testament passage. So we've been in Isaiah 41. We've been in Psalm 62. Now let's turn over to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at a passage that I'm sure is uh, one that may be familiar to you. Uh, It describes an event in which the disciples were truly afraid. In fact, they were so afraid, they thought they might die. And so uh, as we read this passage together, let's see yet again, what are the faith principles based upon who Christ is, His character, His nature, that we can hold on to, just as we've done in Isaiah and in Psalms. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35. On that day when evening had come, Jesus told his disciples, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was in the boat. And other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. 
He was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And they were terrified. And he even asked one another, Who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Again, probably a passage that you've heard of, that you've read, maybe here in Mark's account. It's also found in in the book of Matthew. And uh, uh, we see that Jesus and his disciples were crossing uh, the Sea of Galilee. It's actually a lake. And uh, it's uh, about five miles long where he was traveling at that time. Uh, it's, a, it's a lake that's actually below sea level by, by several hundred feet. Uh, and there are mountains that are nearby. And so, so it's not uncommon. If you look at the picture, you can, you can see that it's not uncommon for the, the wind to come off these mountains and, and come into the, to the lake and, and create quite a, quite a storm. In fact, it's even complicated because about 30 miles away are some very high mountains. In fact, Mount Hermon uh, sits with an elevation of over 9,000 feet. And so you've got the, the difference in elevation between, between the mountaintops and between the, the lake that's below sea level. And you have quite a, a contrast there with the, the cool uh, temperatures of the mountain and the warm temperatures there of that, of that valley. And so these, these storms will, will, will rise up. But, but, but even some of these disciples had been fishermen on the Sea of, of Galilee for, for years. They were experts in, in, uh, in sailing. They were experts with, with what was happening. You know, Peter, Andrew, James, John, they, they were certainly used to storms on the Sea of Galilee. But, but this one even caused fear in their eyes. They truly thought they were going to die. The boat was probably filling up with water so quickly that they felt helpless and they knew they were in real trouble. So, so that's the stage, that's the scene in which they approach Christ. A scene of desperation, a scene of, of being in conditions that they'd not been in before probably, having questions that they were asking about survival, and they, they come to Jesus. And we see four, uh, in, in Mark chapter 4, we see uh, a, another list here of faith promises. The first one is this, the Lord allows difficulties. You see, these disciples were with Christ at the time. They were in a time of ministry. If you, if you look earlier in the chapter, it was a day filled with, with, with teaching and just exhaustion with all that, that, they, that they were doing. It's no wonder that Christ was, was sleeping there on the boat. But, but here they were even following his command, right, to go from, from one point to another and to cross the lake. And yet, even in this time of service, in this time of faithfulness, what do they find? They find a time of difficulty. And so you may be, may be thinking, uh, what, what, what is that for us? And I, and I would say that, that, uh, that, that we as well must see that, that even in times of service, even in times of faithfulness to the Lord, we, we too, even today, can have these times of difficulty. And you might ask, well, why is that a faith principle? And I, I would answer it this, this way. Because if we expect that when we are serving Christ or when we are following Him, 
that everything's just going to be okay? What will happen to our faith the moment something difficult arises? The moment something tragic, unexpected When these things happen, when this hardship comes, if our faith is built upon that expectation, our faith will crumble into a time of difficulty. What did we see last Sunday? That faith is a faith that is a call to endure. That Jesus, being the ultimate example, enduring even the cross to fulfill the mission given to him. Well, the Lord indeed allows difficulties. J.C. Ryle says it this way. He said, free pardon and full forgiveness, grace on the way and glory at the end. All this our Savior has promised to give, but he has never promised that we shall have no afflictions. By affliction, he teaches us many precious lessons, which without it we should never learn. By affliction, he shows us our emptiness and weakness draws us to the throne of grace, purifies our affections, weans us from the world, makes us long for heaven. Think about those words. And I'd like for us to have one final discussion question there among your group before we wrap the message up. Would you think of a lesson that you've learned in a time of hardship? Share this with your group. Share the lesson that you have learned in a time of hardship. Then we'll gather back and wrap things up in one minute. Okay, so we've talked about the Lord indeed allows difficulties. And flowing from this, we see another faith promise, and that's this. The Lord cares about us. And I know you may be thinking, well, isn't this repetitive? Didn't we already write something similar to this uh, already uh, from Psalm 62? Didn't we see that God is loving? And I would say, yes, the, the Lord's character here is consistent. The psalmist experienced it. The disciples are experiencing it. And today, church family, we're experiencing his care as well. It's worth noting, looking at verse 38, that the disciples asked the question, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? You see, to the, to the disciples, they thought that Jesus was, was unconcerned of their plight. They were surprised that he was asleep. And I would just ask, have, have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a a similar mindset where you felt like you were sinking, that everything was going wrong, and that maybe the Lord was unaware or unconcerned? 
So often times we mistakenly conclude that we are all alone. That no one, not, not even the Lord himself, knows what is happening or how we are feeling. That's why it's so important that we look to passages just like this one. To remind us again of his character, of his nature. I, I came across something this last week of a, uh, a young father who was writing a, a devotional thought and he was uh, sharing the example of an encounter he had with his little boy who's three years old. He said that they, he and his wife put, put the three-year-old to bed and, and uh, shortly after he heard a, a call from, from his little boy's room, Dad, I've, I've got to go to the bathroom. And so he said, well, go ahead. It's okay. Go on to the bathroom. He said, well, no, it's, it's dark in there, Dad. He said, well, well, turn on the light. He said, oh, I don't know that I can go there because it's just so dark. I, can, can you come with me? And so at this point, the little boy's standing in the living room, and he says, okay, I'll, I'll walk there with you. And so they, they, they begin to walk down the, the, to the hallway, and he said, just put your hands on my shoulders, Dad. And so he put his hands on his shoulders, and they start walking down this dark hallway. And he says, son, we, you could turn the light switch on. I, we don't have to walk this dark hallway uh, without the light. And he said, well, no, it, it's okay now, Daddy, because you're here. And so oftentimes, I, I think that's, that's what we need. We need that reminder that it's okay, that he's here, that he brings what is needed. His presence is certainly enough. Your outline says this, when the storms of life rage and seek to paralyze us with fear, may we remember that we are being held firmly in the grip of the master. As followers of Jesus, we happen to be in the boat with the master of the storm. You see, the Lord indeed cared for his disciples, and he certainly cares for us. And this leads us to the final faith principle, and that is this. The Lord is almighty. If you look again at verse 39, you see it says that Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind, he said to the sea, silence, be still. And the verse says, the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. In fact, in the original language, the word really says something more like there was a mega calm. It was as if all of a sudden it was, it was immediately silent, as if, as if he, in one hand he, he pressed down the sea, and in another hand he pushed back the storm. All of a sudden it was quiet, immediate. And if you look at verse 41, the disciples weren't exactly sure what had happened. They weren't so sure. Verse 41, they were terrified. And asked one another, who then is this? Even the wind and the sea obey him. So this has just been a, a boat ride of fear for these guys, right? They, they start off and they're afraid by the storm, and now they're, they're afraid of the one who, who calms it. What were they thinking? How were they understanding who Christ was? Did they believe that he was the Messiah? I think they probably did by that point, but they, they probably struggled to know exactly what that meant. Maybe he was like a deliverer like, like Moses and at times had access to the power of God, but, but now they were seeing something different. They were seeing the power of God. And almost like when Isaiah saw a, a vision of the throne, that this, these types of experiences just remind us of the almighty nature of God. A good reminder for us as we think about the need for His power. His strength. You see, Jesus is in a boat with his disciples on that stormy lake. And you know what that's a picture of? It's a picture of the church 
in the midst of the world. Yeah, there are storms around us. But Jesus, Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is with you and me. And He is loving. He does care. He is concerned. And yes, He is strong. Jesus calmed the storm. He calmed the waves. And I want to tell you, someday, He's going to calm every storm. He's going to calm all storms. There will be a day in which all waves will finally cease. Destruction itself will be destroyed. Death itself will die. And He will be once and forever victorious. All those storms will be finished. But you know, the greatest storm that Christ ever fought, He fought at the cross of Calvary. He took on sin and its consequences, its penalty. He took on death. He reversed the curse that came into the world when sin entered. And he looked at death in the eye. And he went to the cross. He went to the grave. And as we celebrated last Sunday, he triumphed over it all. So we look at that. And we're reminded that he did it. That he, he paid for our sins on the cross. And so today, as we look around us, and we look at the world, and we look at the, the Lord as well, we, we might ask, does the Lord care? Lord, do you care? And church family, what's the answer? What's the answer? Yes, indeed, He cares. He cares for you. So let's draw near to this one today that can give us a faith over fear. Let's bow together and pray that God would, would surround us now. Surround us with these promises that we found in His Word to encourage us and build us up, but to also use us right now for His glory, to encourage and care and support and uplift and bring light and hope to a world right now in need. Would you bow with me as we pray together? Oh God, you are our heavenly Father. You are the Lord of Isaiah 41 and Psalm 62. You are the, the Lord in the, the boat of, of Mark chapter 4. And you are the Lord that is with us now. So Father, we come to you and we ask that you would increase our faith that you would help us to see the situation around us through the eyes of faith, with the, the faith promises that we have seen today. God, we thank you that you are a strong God. We thank you that you are a loving God. And we pray, Lord, that your strength and your care can be experienced by our church family even now. Lord, for those that may be particularly struggling, for those who may be, may be sick, those who may be fearful, those who are hurting, those who are discouraged, Lord, would you draw near to them with the ministry of your Holy Spirit to, to strengthen and encourage today. You are the, the Lord who gives a peace that the Bible says is a, a peace the world cannot give. A peace that, that even passes all understanding. Lord, may you give your peace. And Father, may, 
We pray for the world around us now. That, Lord, they would see that our neighbors and friends and co-workers, Lord, may they see the hope within us and the hope that is available for them. It's found only, only in Jesus Christ. We thank you for him, and we pray that we can continue to grow in him even as we go through these days, knowing that he is with us. We pray this in his name. Amen.